you know, wh why am I bringing us with meme stocks? Same idea, where, where the retail crowd has tremendous power, has, has tremendous say about what's going to happen. So I think this is my one. Welcome to LiveTrader.com podcast. The content here is for informational purposes only, should not be taken as legal business text or investment advice and be used to evaluate any investment or security or be directed to any investors, potential investors, and live trader fund. For more details, please see livetrader.com forward slash disclosures. Dr. Jeremy Sosabowski. Dr. Jeremy is the co-founder of Algo Dynamics, which was started in 2013 with software based on many years of academic research at the University of Cambridge, where the team met. Um, Jeremy and his co-founders Ratio were both experts in experimental physics, mathematics, and algorithms, but were somewhat puzzled with the world's obsession using past data for future extrapolation purposes, even more so when there's uh, little or no past data available for such events, uh, such as the pandemic, elections, referendums, or never seen before events. Dr. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Good, good, good. Hello, everybody. It's, it's great to be on the show. Thank you. Um, first of all, what is a meme stock? I'm sure you have seen this, uh, for listeners, you've seen this on social media. Stocks like GameStop, meme stocks like AMC or BlackBerry, where the companies themselves uh, have not performed well in recent years, all these three stocks went viral on popular Reddit forums. Yes. And, you know, we have seen massive price uh, hikes in early of 2021, especially on January 27, to be precise. We've seen BlackBerry's uh, stock more than triple, while AMC has increased nearly tenfold, which is 10x um, the, the initial price. But neither of those uh, stocks saw the same viral growth of, of uh, GameStop. Share price increased by hundreds of dollars in matter of days. So Dr. Jeremy, would you like to share a little bit about what is a meme stock and how can they crowd, you know, getting some intelligence or maybe some, some a more well-informed decision when it comes to trading those uh, meme stocks? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and great uh, question, Torrance, about the, the meme stock. So I'm, I'm sure there's quite a few definitions out there. The, the, the definition we, we're using here at um, Algodynamics, it, it's, you know, the stock the, the the share price bears no resemblance to the fundamentals and I'll, I'll break this down a bit more just a bit more context about you know what what do i mean here in, in the sort of dare i see you know the wall street uh, you know the the large caps you know the, the typical equities prices is usually bears some relation to the fundamental so it's forward-looking uh, price earnings it, it's it's all those magic ratios it's growth expectancy yada yeah so there's this you know you can tie it back and you can use fundamental analysis so you, you can go through the, the company accounts you can get a sense of you know what's uh, what to expect and hence you know use things like discounted cash flow the reason why i'm saying all this is because what i've just said does not obviously apply to, to meme stocks your know, meme stocks are sort of what's the correct term here you know there, there are possibly the, the term irrational exuberance um, I, I might use that term so you know it, it's the pricing bears no resemblance to the fundamentals what i do want to say is and, and this is the, the magic um about these meme stocks you know looking at the, the present situation of, of these of these companies you know it, it's not explainable what is on the other hand explainable is is as i said you know we haven't seen it yet but the the optimist i am at these very high serial valuations the company has options 
options in the sense that, you know, they, they might have another share issuance, they might do something else, you know, because with that potential, so, you know, or they could acquire another company, essentially. And as I said, hasn't happened yet, but there is a possibility that the companies could pivot as a result of the elevated share price. So, so I think that's my sort of long-winded answer in terms of, you know, what's the meme stock? It, it, it's something that sort of bears no relationship to the, uh, the fundamentals. So that's my... You know, one of the things we get a lot from the retail crowd is yeah. with the rise of um, all those meme stocks that is uh, driven possibly by social media, right? So think of it as this way. Social media is more like a feel for this retail yeah. crowd to be getting together, you know, on um, forums like Wall Street Bats. It's more like a social gathering where smaller yes, yes. brands, bands of retail investors are getting together saying that, hey, we're going to go after those fish funds. So I'm curious to know, what is your take um, in terms of those pockets of crowds getting together, going after those hedge funds? Yeah, gosh, I mean, interesting. So let, let's, let's take a step back. Let's go back to the old days. I, I guess the old days, you know, pre meme stocks, you know, you would have the, the activist hedge funds, you know, doing what they're doing, you know, most likely, likely shorting the stock. Now, the way I see it is, you know, we, we have distributed activists, uh, you know, it, it could be on the, the Reddit forums or anywhere else. So, so now we have a sort of, you know, we have the other side of the trade, which is, you know, sort of smaller entities getting together individuals and, and they are the activists on the other side. And I find this absolutely fascinating actually about the you know because it, essentially it, it's capital markets it's efficiency of money panning out basically so i i guess back to your your question about you know what what can the the smaller entities do that the retail crowds i'm i'm not sure i i, I want to be sort of too get too much into that you know we we're, i can tell you a bit more about the the, the day job later on at, at, at algo dynamics but you know i, I guess it, it's whatever whatever works for them uh, you know, they have their methodology. It might be technical, I guess. It, it might be forums. So, you know, whatever works for them, I, I guess, you know, keep doing it essentially. So I guess that's my short answer. So and I'll cover the technology bit later on. So sort of give an overview, Terence, about what's... You know, one of, of, one of the yeah, interesting yeah. things I found yeah. that um, what Algodamic Dynamics yeah. has developed is um, all those prediction methodologies, yeah. right? And also calibration from past events, yeah. which is the foundation what you know, your company's using, which, uh, yes. of course, you know, Algo Dynamics is going to one of the most innovative fintech companies yeah. in the industry. And, yes. um, you know, those models currently using like portfolio diversification using the Markowitz yeah. uh, model, option pricing like Black Shoals, or even interest evolution like um, Black Karinsinski. Can you explain a little bit more yes, about yes, how, yes, how, yes. how those models can potentially yeah. help retail investors or, you know, getting the intel, like the top yes, money yes. managers around the world? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, there's quite a few heavy buzzwords uh, on that one. So just a bit more explaining what, what we're doing at, uh, at Algo, um, Algo Dynamics. So our, our principles, our, our founding principles, you know, back back in the days, still are basically by the way is that you know the future does not look like the past and I, i'll say this again especially in finance the future does not look like the past um the fact that something happened last time or you know this was the news reaction okay it, it's not that meaningful so i, I think you, you know moving away from the traditional you know predictive uh, look at the historical data try and extrapolate interpolate predict the idea our approach is only real time. 
we are only using real-time data. The data we use is from the exchange order book depths. So just taking a step back again, once again, a lot of big buzzwords here. Um, at the stock exchanges, you know, all the bids and the asks, all the, all the sellers and the buyers line up in a queue. The queue is the order book. So, so that, that's where the, you know, the, the two prices match. We are data mining the entire order flow in real time. So once again, we, we connect to the exchanges, look at the depth, look at all the activity in, in the order books. And based on that, we, we can do our forecasting. And then, so, you know, different approach, because, you know, what happened yesterday is not relevant. What's happening in real time is obviously relevant. Even if we've never seen this before, it's even better in the fact. So, you know, meme stocks is a great example. Pandemic volatility is another great example. It, it's because, you know, we've moved away from this, you know, um, traditional modeling approach and you know initially it, it, it was quite disruptive because oh my god you know how can you predict the future without looking at the past and the answer is well there are different ways so I think we moved away from that so I, I guess answering your question you know what's the value add what do we provide to our, our client base it, it it's for you know it, it's it's real-time forecasts based on what we're seeing and then I think that's a, that's a summary of what we're doing so yeah so once again Terrence, it's, it's real-time order flow who's doing what at the exchanges and we provide that to our clients as, as, as analytics. I find really fascinating is those real-time data that, yes, uh, yes. you know, your company is using because yes. a lot of banking and financial companies today has already taken advantage of those uh, big data analytics, right? Yeah. And even hedge funds today, they use tools like deep learning, cluster analysis, or even artificial intelligence capable of making decisions and taking actions, right? So the next question is, um, what does AlgoDynamics can bring to the table for smaller companies or even high net worth individuals, right? And if you look at Bloomberg's data, big data is already driven uh, mach machine trading has grown significantly yeah. over the past 10 years, right? And estimates hold it that it accounts for roughly about 40% of trading volume in European equity markets and about 55% in US equity markets, which is massive. And in futures markets, uh, the, the volume of trading foreign exchange uh, futures has grown to roughly about 80%. If you take a look at Renaissance, um, Renaissance uh, Technologies Medallion Fund, right? They use algorithms to analyze um, those reams of data to find signals hidden in the noise of the markets and predict changes in, in prices of futures, equities, or even currencies. But this fund alone uh, demonstrated that huge annual returns of more than 70% on average before taxes for two decades. Imagine that from 1994 <laughs> to 2014, which is about seven times the average annual S&P gain. So, so the next question would be, how, how can the, the smaller retail or retail investors or even high net worth individuals leverage on those sort of uh, real-time data flow so that we, we can become, you know, gain this a little bit slight edge or even alpha from the markets? Yes, yes, gosh, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess, you know, just peeling it, just, just sort of decomposing a bit. Um, I would argue, I mean, two immediate points. Um, there's a lot of data out there. Um, more data is not necessarily better. I'll, I'll, I'll say this again. Having more data does not necessarily mean better decisions. So I, I think that's the first point I want to make. And, you know, we have these, I mean, other people are using, you know, deep learning, machine learning technologies. Once again, it, it, it's going back to my initial point. 
the fact you have more data and, and you have more historical data does not mean better results. And, and it sounds counterintuitive, but, you know, we have more data. It's like, well, yes, but that's not the point. The fact you have more data and you've done more historical models and you've done more historical training, I don't think that's relevant. Because, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, had you used, you know, deep learning or, uh, I don't know, convoluted networks or whatever, it would have not helped you during the pandemic. Exactly the same for the meme stocks. The, the fact you had 20 years of BlackBerry data or 20 years of GameStop data, I mean, you know, that would not help you. I, I, unless I'm wrong here, so maybe we can sort of debate that. But, you know, so, so back to the point again, you know, it is data driven. Um, it's, it's the right data, which is important. It's not, it's not the more data. The other thing, too, about the, uh, the, the smaller entities, you know, retail, high net worths, uh, family offices, too, we're selling to. Your huge advantage over the Renaissance is that you can take opportunities. You can trade, possibly even, you know, meme stocks. They are not available to the large institutional players because of the volume. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Renaissance, I, I don't know, presumably it's, it's or whatever, the other funds, I think they've got, you know, 20 billion, 50 billion AUM. They, they cannot trade the small stocks. They cannot trade the, the less liquid stuff. So, you know, what is your advantage as, as a smaller player? It's the fact you can take opportunities not available to the big ones. So, so don't feel that you are at a disadvantage compared to Renaissance. You know, you have a different world. You have very different opportunities available to you. So, so I think that's that just, you know, sorting out the, um, the, the distinctions here, Terence. You know, so once again, you know, more data, I, I don't think it's necessarily helpful. Uh, you know, smaller entities, individuals, you, you can do stuff that the big, big entities cannot do. So there is definitely sort of, you know, the opportunity there. The other point, too, is, you know, you mentioned the, um, a lot of it is um, execution. You know, a lot of the trading today, today is, is, is automated, which is entirely true. I just want to distinguish, and it's an important one, I want to distinguish between um, automated trading and market impact. So, uh, you know, very often you, you send your order to the brokers, they will use an algorithm for the execution. So, yes, if, if you look at the order flow, it, it seems like, you know, half of it's automated, as you're saying. The decision behind the automation was still manual. So I'm, I'm, maybe I'm getting a bit technical here, Lawrence, but, you know, yes, uh, it, it, it's, it's a lot of it's automated, but there is still a huge amount of human involvement. So once again, as a small entity retail trader, don't feel you at a disadvantage. Because it's, it's simply not the case so that's so it's interesting that one, yeah. you know that, that you mentioned yeah. that retail investors still have an advantage when it comes to trading those meme stocks now by the end yeah. of the day it's all about data it's all about real-time data flow yeah and yeah, yeah. a little bit about meme stock cycle so there's four phases yeah. right early adopter phase where a handful of investors think that a particular stock is undervalued so they begin to buy it up in large amounts and the stock will slowly begin to increase. And there's a middle phase where people who are watching the markets uh, with a close eye on those uh, stocks begin to notice those increase in volume. So the more people and then started buying and the stock prices start to uh, skyrocket, right? And then there's a late of FOMO, fear of missing out yes. phase where what about the stock spreads across social media, online forums or like, uh, on, on Reddit, like Wall Street Bats, thus uh, this fear of missing out or what we call FOMO takes hold yeah. and more retail investors will start you know, joining in. But here's the dangerous part, right? Profit-taking phase. After a few yes. days, probably you know, buying start picking out and people who got in the game early on begin a cash out 
which is normal, right? It's human yes. psychology. And just like the buying phase, the selling phase becomes a chain reaction where people fear of losing money. And this is the moment where, where the price will start to go down. Now, in your experience, you're seeing a lot of uh, meme stocks getting pumped. I hate to use that term. Yes. Yeah. And then okay. possibly starts uh, dropping after a few days where, you know, interest in, in retail volume starts fading. I know the big guys are probably, you know, not interested to be, to be joining this, this little party that uh, those, <laughs> those pockets of retail investors have uh, been, been forming for the past, uh, let's say, I don't know, during the, the phase of this uh, four stages. So I'm curious as in, is that an opportunity where retail investors can get data saying that, hey, we're in the late formal phase, perhaps we could even make money on the downside, like buying a put mm -hmm. option or maybe shorting the, this, this stock upright. Yes, gosh, absolutely. So, so listen, of, of course, you know, I'm, I'm one of the partners here at, at, at Algodynamics. Of, of course, I, I would suggest, you know, have a look at our analytics because, we, we, you know, we'll see, we'll break it down for you. We know exactly who's behind the trade. So I think it's, it's very insightful in terms of the um, the forecasting. The, the thing about the um, the FOMO, which which is such a good term, thank you, thank you for bringing it up, Darren. Um, there's a story which I think it goes back 400 years. I'll repeat that 400 years, it goes back. Um, this was um, Isaac Newton. He got caught out in the uh, South Sea bubble. So th there was, I don't, I don't want to call it a, a meme socks, but I think this was back in 400, you know, there was the equivalent of, of a bubble formation. In the in the capital market, so you know, e even clever people like like, like uh, Newton got caught out in the FOMO. So yeah, the, yeah, the absolutely. Bubble in the Nancy, yes, yeah, that's right. In Holland. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So absolutely fascinating. So you know, the, the, the FOMO applies to everyone, by the way. Uh, you know, retail, large, small, clever, whatever. So I, I think it's it's across the board. The FOMO is an interesting one because it, it it's an emotional, obviously. Uh, it, it's an emotional human characteristic. What can I say? Uh, my, my feeling is maybe it, it, it's back to the individual, to the entity or, or the, you know, the, the traders, you know, think about your trade. Y yes, we can provide good analytics. We can provide, you know, very good insights, but think about, you know, why are you putting that trade on? Is it purely emotional? Do, do you have a, you know, a trading plan? Do you have clear take profit targets? You know, go, go back to your, your basics go back to your fundamentals to make sure you, you're not getting caught out. In, in terms of the questions, you know, how to trade with options, I, I guess it's probably not meaningful, not appropriate for me to comment how to do it. Options could could be a possibility, obviously, because, you know, you, you can play this sort of, you know, it will be range bound, it will not be range bound, it's, it's going to break up or down. So I think, you know, you have more flexibility with options. So that, I think that might be a way forward, actually. You know, however you want to trade it, there's different ways of putting up your, your, your collars and your straddles. If you want to think about that, but yeah, good point, Terence. You know, how do you go about? And of course, I would say, you know, use the best possible analytics. And and back to the you know the traders themselves. You know, what is your trading plan? You know, just try not get caught up in the uh, the emotional swings because it's not helpful. It, 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 it's it's not the best way to make money. You'd great great examples that you've given us, yeah, yeah. Jeremy. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of studying history when it comes to, although it doesn't apply when it comes to trading the markets, right? South mm. Sea. Or when yes, yes, bubble, yes. <laughs> what is here? What goes up must come down. But here's yes. the thing, all right. The question we should be asking is how do we get the right sort of data so yeah. that you know I can position myself to be 
having let's say a recent risk reward of one to three one to five you know i'm more of a technical sort of trader yeah i look at the current data and i normally act on it knowing what my downside risk is so for instance um in the formal phase i would start looking at data is the volume sustainable or perhaps you know i'm not trying to outsmart markets but a lot of times when when it comes to meme stocks after a few days when the profit taking phase uh, people are starting starting cash out they yeah. start crashing but uh possibly a put option uh, would be a good instrument but not suggesting anything over here so to yeah. give you an example like um just a day after the tweet from elon musk talk of um gme yeah yeah went from 343 to 483 so yes, more than doubled over a few days, and then it started dropping the next day from four hundred eighty-three dollars to one hundred ninety-three dollars. Wow! So you know, <laughs> like like what you said, right, Jeremy? Yes. Um, you really need to know what you're doing, right? <laughs> so, yes. Uh, you know, absolutely. you could if if you're caught in the wrong phase of the cycle, you could either yes. lose a lot of money. They could make a lot of money, but you know, yeah. by the end of the day, it's all about recent work when it comes to, to trading those uh, those instruments, right? So I'm yeah. curious to know, um, Jeremy, with all this big data, with all this real time order flow, how can a retail investor over the long haul? I'm not talking uh, about getting a 50 50 probability even by increasing the probability of reading by three to 5%, it really means a lot yeah. to, to normal retail investor. So how can a retail investor at least, you know, push the odds a little bit to their favor? Gosh, okay, good one. Good one, um, Terrence. Listen, as I said again, you know, please do follow up in, in terms of, you know, whoever's listening today you know if you want an overview of, of our platform our forecasting the other thing too our, our you know in, in the bigger picture my view at least my personal view is it, it it's a it can be quite a dangerous game and and by the sounds of it you know you, you have a good trading plan right so it's good you know what is your risk reward where are your stops i think you know have your basics in, in place the other thing too is um on, on, on the tweet side it, it's a dangerous game because you know we, we don't monitor tweets by the way we, we don't we don't capture that element we only monitor the, the real-time order flow these, these sudden events are dangerous um they're very dangerous because you have no idea what's going on in in elon musk's head for that matter so i i'm, I'm a bit cautious about that you know if, if your profit targets if, if, if your trading plan depends on somebody tweeting at the right place at the right time i'm not convinced so I, you know, I would slightly caution about that. And then going back to your, your previous points about you know possibly using option strategies, that that might be a way forward. But as I said, you know, have to be a bit cautious here. I think it, it's you know everybody will have their own views, have their own trading plans. As I said, you know, we we have analytics, you know, that can do these sort of things. We'll look at the order flow. Because the other thing too is, and I, I made this point on on a different events a while back. The fact that you have tweets or you know news or sentiments for that matter, it's it's only moderately helpful because I'll tell you why. Let's go back to the uh, traditional uh, large caps, the uh, the company earnings. Let's say you know the the sentiment is good, everything is good, everything sounds positive. 
it does not mean that the share price will go up. And, and likewise, let's say things are very negative before the earnings call. It does not mean that the share price will go down necessarily. The, the real question is, you know, what are the expectations? If the news is positive, but the market participants were expecting more positivity, share price could still drop. And, and likewise, if, if, if the sentiment of the events, if the tweets are negative, but they're not as negative as, as expectations, the share price could still go up. So back to the point again, and, and once again, being, being very, unless you start seeing the real-time order flow, unless you start really breaking down who's doing what, I don't think news or sentiment by itself is enough. And, and likewise, for some of these, you know, these chat forums, you, you mentioned Reddit, I don't think that is enough. Because, you, you know, you might be in your little bubble, you, everything might be very positive in there, everything might be very negative in there. Unless you have an overall view of the market, unless you, you understand what everybody else is doing, you have a, you know, what is what is the activist, possibly the activist hedge fund doing on the other side? What is Main Street doing? So, you know, you need that entire picture. So I, I would cautious, uh, you know, it's maybe not what our viewers want to hear, but I was cautious about sort of only limiting, you know, only using one leg of the trade, so to speak, only using one sort of information. So I'd broaden out. Uh, in terms of that one so you know it, it can mean a bit more data but i think you know representative data is more important than more data within your silo skipping Makes around the sense, thing here I, but, mean, I, think, yeah, yeah. I truly believe that you really need a few data points yes as yes, an yes. investor not only yes. by reading all those um you know <laughs> subreddits or yes. even you know elon Musk's tweet right yes and possibly like a good investor will have maybe three data points, but great investor will look at so many other factors like geopolitical factors, uh, you know, five to six different data points. The more leaks you have, the more stable, you know, I'm sorry, I use this metaphor over here, the more stable the table will be. And the other uh, thing is yes. that um, you mentioned about Tesla, right? So Tesla yes. before <laughs> Tesla became a, a large cap, it's probably a very micro cap or even small cap, right? So is Tesla considered a meme stock? Wow. <laughs> nice one. Uh, um, gosh, um, I, I think it's gray area. And I, I guess I'm, I'm sort of partially avoiding answering the question. You know, back to the original view, back to the original definition on, on meme stocks, you know, where, where the share price bears no, 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 there's no connection with, with the fundamentals. At some point, Tesla possibly was a bit memes because you know, you know, why why is the share price so high? It, it you know, if you look at the look at the balance sheet and there's nothing there. Um, I think it was it was forward looking pricing. So uh, that's why I, I think it, it was a grey area. It was it was partially meme. It's it's probably no longer meme actually. So it, it it's an example of a a good meme stock turnaround. Uh, turnaround in the sense that you know initially it was completely overvalued based on what it was, and then it caught up. The company caught up, and, and well done to Elon and the entire team. You know, they, they, they actually delivered what I think they said they would be delivering. So this was, um, I'll, I'll call it a meme stock turnaround, which is not often the case that, you know, that the company actually starts delivering and to justify the high share price. So, so I, I think that's my sort of medium answer, Terrence. You know, is it a meme stock? It probably started off as a meme, and then it, it turned around. It, it turned around, and it became a sort of mid, mid cap, large cap stock. So that's that's where I put Tesla. So uh, with the data flow you're looking at yes. today, right? Based on all those data flows. On the yes. flip side, if you're looking at those uh, retail investors, probably the pockets of investors on, on those uh, subreddit or even social yes. media. 
on the flip side, do you see like hedge funds also, you know, possibly buying up a company, which happens all the time, right? So what are the yes. companies uh, you're, you're looking at right now? And you're possibly seeing a lot of uh, maybe buying signals, or yeah, selling yeah, yeah, signals. Yeah, yeah. And what are the top three to five that you can possibly share with our audience today? That you're seeing yeah, a lot so of big interests uh, coming from hedge funds or even, uh, you know, big mutual funds or, or even fund managers, um, you know, that's controlling large amounts of money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I uh, think yeah. let me just pull things up on that one. So um, first things first, I, I just want a, a slight diversion, but it will make sense. Just, just bear with me and, and the listeners. Um, I'm going to talk about the Japanese equity markets. And, and this sounds might, maybe sounds counterintuitive. You know, what, what, why are you talking about Japanese counter uh, equity markets? Interesting fact, um, retail investors are the second largest overall category in, in, in the Japanese equity market in terms of activities. And, and here's the other thing. I, I don't know if you knew this, uh, Terrence. The, the Japanese housewives are incredibly active in, in, in Japan, actually. So as I said, you know, they are major contributors. So wh why am I talking, you know, wh why am I bringing us with meme stocks? Same idea, where, where the retail crowd has tremendous power, has, has tremendous say about what's gonna happen. So I think this is that one. In terms of what we see on, on our platform and our analytics, it's been quietish on, on the meme side, I'll, I'll briefly mention the crypto. And, and once again, you, you, you think, you know, the listeners think I'm all over the place. Um, crypto fits the same category in that, in that respect. You know, a, a lot of small, small participants, occasionally a few large participants. So from a data perspective, you know, memes and crypto, we sort of often put together. Um, on the crypto, we are still seeing downside. We are still seeing, you know, big downsides on, the, on both Ethereum and Bitcoin. That's something I wanted to say. Um, on the meme stuff, it has been quieter. So, so we haven't had any, any sort of clear forecasting in, in the past few days, but you know, it could change again, basically. Uh, so I think putting context, and I think the other point too about, you know, your, the macro context, you know, you can look at your stock, but you know, maybe a bit more context too about, you know, what's the sector doing? What is it? What is, you know, just give it a bit more geopolitical context, because it's a global world, you know, <laughs> I think people, things don't happen in isolation. Things tend to, so, you know, they, they permutate, sometimes they spill over. So, so from a real-time data perspective, it, it's fascinating because, you know, things might start in one area and they could spill over to another area. It, it was the case for the pandemic. It was the case for larger financial crises where, you know, unrelated areas start correlating. And, and that, that, that's systemic risk, by the way. It's something else we, we have done projects in the past. So, you know, when, when all your different sources start saying the same thing, I guess, you know, expect the big move, basically. I think that's the oh, what, what are the top three companies you're looking at today um as what i said we it, it's crypto uh it, it you know the thing's been flashing up as, as crypto 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 but both of them both of them the uh ethereums and the uh, the bitcoin we, we still have um on that note um i'm not going to say solana yet uh another shameless shameless promotion There'll be a webinar. Um, we'll have a webinar in a few weeks' time. We'll talk about the other ones too. So we'll we'll be adding more cryptos to our platform. There's there's Selena. There's a few other ones. There's Luna. Uh, there's Unis. You know, there's quite a few other ones. We'll, we'll be talking about in a few weeks' time. Yes. All right. So that's uh, Jeremy Sosabowski. Yeah. Jeremy, how can our audience find you? Okay. So a uh, company is called um, Algo Dynamics. Uh, one word with an X. Or if not, just email me. So it's it's uh, Jeremy at algodynamics.com or, or LinkedIn. If, if you 
managed to spell my name, uh, Jeremy Sosobowski, please, please just reach out on LinkedIn, just say, you know, quick hello. I was listening to the, the podcast. I'd like to connect. And uh, I think I'm more than happy to respond to that one. So, uh, so right, thank you. That's Jeremy Sosobowski. Jeremy, thanks to be uh, coming on to the show. We'll see you on the next round of um, interview on our podcast.